Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie 1800-938-007. That's the free phone number, by the way, if you want to speak to Leanne today. Tipperary Women in Business on Tip FM. Funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Tipperary's Tip FM. For this week's Women in Business, I'm delighted to be joined by a great friend of the show, and that's Alison Devere Hunt. Good morning to you, Alison. How are you? Normally, when you're in here, we're talking about various different things that happen during the week and politics and all of that kind of thing because you're part of the panel so often. But today, we're talking about you. Are you comfortable talking about you? I'm not great talking about me. I like to say push it away but look we'll give it a go anyway. <laughs> yeah well we're delighted to see you today. Um, tell me about you because uh, your education background is kind of interesting to begin with because you're trained as a psychologist and you have a master's degree in business and you end up in Cashel Mart. Um, yeah say I started, did my psychology degree over in London and with a view to maybe doing criminology or child psychology and then I went to a careers careers fair and DIT were there and this was a careers fair in Dublin and my goal was to go and do a master's because um, the psychology degree is quite broad so really you can maybe go into research straight away or you have to do a lot more um, study so I spoke to them at DIT and they told me that they had a master's for science graduates um, in business and entrepreneurship. And I said, God, that's quite interesting. Um, So I applied for that and started in 2008. Um, And it was great because there was people coming from all different kinds of engineering backgrounds. Everyone was a science student that was in it. Um, so it was coming from a different kind of perspective as well. I said it to my late father that I was going to do the Masters in Business. He said, that's what you should have been doing in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was grand. Yes, your Did, notions about psych. Exactly, exactly. But look, say it, it ties in quite well. So that was good. Yes. And then when I graduated from that, we were in the downturn. Mm. So I was at home applying for jobs there was a job actually going in... Oh, no, that was actually earlier. But so my dad said to me, would you come in and work in the mart? And I was jumped at it because anything for a few pounds. Mm. And I only saw it really as a stopgap. And I was there a year when he said to me, would I go back and study again to get my auctioneer's licence? Mm. So I said, sure, I may as well. So it was the real estate aspect of the, the, the mart, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, I was kind of involved in every part yeah. of it. It's yeah. one of those family businesses where you don't really specialise in one area. You're kind of there and whoever, you know, you're the first point of contact yes. often, so it yeah. could be anything. So my quickest route that I saw was to go back and do another master's. So I started that in 2012, and it was a part-time, a two-year part-time master's. So my father, unfortunately, passed away suddenly at the end of 2012. And I was like, OK, how can I push this into one year? Because I can't afford to take the time to do it over two. So they were very accommodating in DIT and fairness. And I managed to pull in with the quantity surveyor. Lads, you'll say, because there wasn't one woman on the group. Um, and I was able to do extra modules that way. Um, to be honest, that kind of, for me, say, I was working like 
you know, say every hour God sent. Mm. And then, like I'd say, I was doing up to 70 hours a week work and then driving up to Dublin two evenings a week to do that. So to be honest, all I had in my head was work. It was probably my way of grieving as well. Um, so I finished that in the summer of 2013, got my licence and... Yeah, I'd say there I've been in the mart ever since, full time. Like we were always there as kids. It's been, we've we've had it in the family since nineteen sixty eight. So it's um like another sibling really. It of takes course, yeah. Um, and I mean you mentioned even where the, the surveyors were concerned, but again in the agri business, very unusual for a woman to be doing what you're doing even now you know I mean how how have you been accepted uh, all those years well and to be honest say I'm part of uh, say we've a Mart Association a lot of women involved in that you know um, you've the likes of um, Emer up in Donegal Mart you've Helen Keenan there in Kingscourt who gets up on the rostrum and sells as well I don't do that I have the qualification to do it but I'll leave that to the lads they're um, very competent in that department so um, but no no, I don't find it an issue. Now, speaking to other women, they find sometimes that they can be, that they feel a bit intimidated mm. um, in a ring full of men and bidding on stock or selling their stock. Um, but look, I suppose when I first became qualified, you'd get the, are any of the men around? And I'm like, well, what do you need done? Well, I need evaluation. When do you need it? Oh, I kind of needed it two weeks ago. And I'm like, well, look, I can do it for you and you'll have it done by tomorrow. I can be yes. out this afternoon. Or, you know, one of the lads, well, you, you could be waiting a week or so. And um, sure, then they were like, yeah, Grant. You know, I think it was just in their psyche that they didn't think that, you know, I did that, you know. Yeah, so. but, but you, you seem to deal with it with good humour as opposed to being deeply offended as a, a, a woman, if you know what I mean. You Completely. Know? Yeah. Say, I don't see, I see myself as an equal. I have four brothers, so I grew up in a house always fighting my own corner and I would consider myself probably a kind of a strong-willed woman. Um... But to be honest, the men have been very fair and decent. And even I see, like, I have a three-year-old son. And if it's, a you know, someone needs me to go out and do something, I, if he's with me, which he usually isn't because of preschool, but I'll say to them, look, there's a chance now the small fella could be with me. No problem at all. Bring him on. They're only delighted to see him. So there's a flexibility in that too. Which, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. You you spoke quite open uh, openly to me in the past about the loss of your father to, to suicide. Yeah. And it always strikes me that that was pivotal in, in a lot of ways for you. Would you, that, would you agree with massively. that? Massively. Like yeah. that was pivotal for me in relation to my opinion and speaking it because say I suppose look that say my father was under a lot of pressure it wasn't a suicide from depression um, and he was put under an awful lot of pressure and like I suppose the shock you know when you look back at things you kind of maybe could see you know little chinks and that that um, but at the time oh we were in a complete and utter bubble but I kind of got this sensation of so what's the worst that can happen? Speak up, tell the truth, be honest, because at the end of the day, we've only one life. It's very yes. short. And I don't think, you know, my opinions aren't coming from a bad place. Um, I believe in betterment for everyone. I believe there's enough there for us all. And I don't like cute whores, shall I say. Yeah. Um, so I'm be quite 
strong in speaking up, especially to people who are a bit clever and want to take advantage. And I suppose where I'm lucky in that sense, because I don't I don't put the letters after my name. I've no interest in that kind of thing in relation to education. And I would have had a lot of farmers coming to me during the protests saying, you get up and speak about that. You know, you're much more in tune and you've, you know, you're educated. And I said, but you've been doing this all your life. You should be the one speaking up because you know exactly. You know, I know them too. But, you know, there was a, a lack of confidence there. Whereas I suppose... I grew in a different way after my father died and it was an awful time and we went through many years of not knowing where we were, you know, going mm. to be and if we could continue with the business and everything. And my mother, in fairness, she is a Trojan woman um, and has really, you know, say, she's quite political in her views too. A lot of people say we're very alike. A lot of people meet her on the street and say, I heard you on the radio today. And she's like, no, that was Alison. <laughs> like, we look like each yes. other, we sound like each other. But to be honest, only for her, she kept the show on the road. And I like as a woman, you know, say she was faced with a lot of hardship because we were in Nama and she had to go up against the big guns and she did it eloquently and superbly. And to be honest, she instilled a lot of pride in us all. And, you know, it was a difficult time, but, you know, we've got through it and we're all getting on well and... You know, it's it's great to be, you know, part of a good family. And the Ireland that we're in now in 2024, God knows this morning even, we've been discussing all of the, the issues and the difficulties um, that we're facing, even though we hear that from a financial point of view, the, the country is in a great place and all of that. But your experience, that particularly talking to farmers all the time, would not reflect No, that. my experience of that would not reflect that whatsoever. Um and for the ordinary person, you know, if all this money is around the country, why aren't we looking after people? You know, and they're talking about the price of consumables, food and all that coming down. I don't see that. You know, um, I think people are under a lot of pressure and I think they're being ignored. Um, and I just think, look, we, I mentioned the referendum on Friday and you were speaking with Surrogate this morning mm. about it. I am, say completely for a no vote. Um, you know, I was up in Dublin yesterday and the Green Party had signs up, yes, for family. Like, I think, you know, I think, to be honest, they should be pulled up because I don't, from what I'm reading, and I would be in agreement with Surika, this isn't going to be of any benefit for the family. I don't see the reason for this referendum in the first place. Well, well, they're saying that, I mean, and I'm interested in your, your opinion on this, that this draconian language referring to women in, in the home needs to be taken out of it because of the, the age that we're in now. And we mentioned that on Friday as well. Yeah. I don't see anything draconian about it. I think we're, there's so much, say, language being feisted upon us. Um, I think it was a very poorly thought out. Um, the wording is all wrong. I don't see the necessity to remove women from the home, you know, or say. And I think it's, you know, not that it's really, you know, being used or not being used. But I think as women, we've never been poorer. As, say, an independent woman myself who, you know, um, works full time, rears a child on my own. Yeah, it's this idea that women can have it all is complete and utter codswallop, as far as I can see, because there's this guilt that you have when you're, you know, not there, when you are at work. And I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful mother who takes Philip for me every Saturday. But I definitely think 
I think there's a, a, a thing against women at the moment. Do you think yeah, so? Yeah, definitely. And I think... And where, where is that coming from, do you think? Well, I think it's coming from government. Um, you know, there's so... Like, I suppose women being made go into the workplace. You know, it was seen as being, you know, say, pivotal and forward thinking. But I think it had the opposite effect. You know, when we look back to when we were growing up as children, there was generally one parent at home and one parent working. There was one parent paying for a mortgage. You know, Mm, one wage was coming in. Now people are working two and three jobs and they still can't make ends meet. Like, we've never been more advanced and supposedly more educated, but we've never been poorer, you know, and say that's not just financially. We're time poor. Um, We you know, say, are slaves to our work and, you know, the way society views us, that I think it's not archaic um, or draconian in any sense. It's like women women have the babies. Women are there, you know, say, and a lot of women who work for themselves, they're back in work within six weeks yeah. Um, yeah. because they have to be. Um but I just think to try and take it out and of the, the Constitution. Irony is that it's, it's largely women pushing this this vote. I mean, you know, Helen McEntee is out there, aren't he? Mary Lou's out there on this, you know? Yeah, but the thing is, I wouldn't put it as a woman man thing there. Like, they're all pushing things that, like, Helen McEntee, Mary Lou, they're pushing the hate speech bill. You know, they're pushing a lot of things that aren't good for us as a democratic society. Mm. Um, so, like, I wouldn't push... You know, we're hearing, say, Helen McEntee coming out about myths and this and that. And mm. What about the truths? Mm. Why don't we ever hear the truths? And why, you know, are we kind of drip-fed half bits of information? People are going to make up their mind and people who are articulate, articulate enough are going to read up and find alternative mm. sources of media to, yeah, so to get their information. You, you must have found it very interesting in, in the Times poll there where they, they were talking about largely there's going to be a yes vote primarily because people don't fully understand yeah. it. But they, there was a very interesting line in it that said that the more informed people are voting now. Completely. Like when you read Did up you about it. Well, the thing is, there's a lot of caveats to this. Like, yeah. um, oh, what's his name? Um, he's a Fina, he was a Fianna Gael senator. Um, he was in Tipperary last week, actually. Um, but I can't think of mm. his name. He was down with Gareth O'Hearn. He was on the television last week talking about the reunification. Mm. And, you know, with this um, referendum that's coming, people are going to be able to bring in a lot of family members. Um, Stanton was saying in the Shannon... These are people who have immigrated here, you mean? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, on average, the application is kind of 20 yes. pe- extra family members, but they've had applications of up to 70. Yeah. Like, I think there's something maybe sinister that we're not being told. And I, what I find very strange is it's a referendum. We're supposed to be getting both sides of the story, but we seem to be really getting the yes side. And that's government are pushing that majorly. Um, and I think people don't aren't as trusting anymore. I think sometimes when they see government mm. coming out saying this, they're like, OK, I better read up a bit on this because a lot of stuff that they've been pushing in the past hasn't actually turned out to be what they told us. And the, the kind of... The, the, what, what you're saying to me there, is that the general thinking among people of your age, women of your age, that you would be in contact with, Alison? Is that... Yeah, so you know, I wouldn't have had many discussions about yeah. it. But um, definitely, yeah, I would say a lot of people I know are going to vote no. 
Wow. Um, and I hope they do. I don't see the need for this change. You know, yeah. like when we spoke on Friday, you mentioned the gentleman up in Nina who brought the case to the yes. su- it ended up in the Supreme Court. Like surely that just kind of shows us we do not need um, to have this referendum. I think there's stronger things that we should be having referendums on, maybe like our neutrality. You know, when you look at the Canadian warship down in the Port of Cork at the moment, like it's crazy what's going on and we don't seem to have a say in the democratic country that we're supposed to live in. You you know, a lot of what you're saying to me there sounds sort of faintly like a, pa- a party political broadcasting. <laughs> so, I mean, what about politics for you? Because there's much speculation about that, Alison, as you, as you well know, that, you know, you're so outspoken, you're so opinionated about so and so informed about so many things. Is that something that you, you'd look at? I don't know. Say, I've been asked a number of times, say, coming up to, say, the last national election and the one before that, um, and funnily enough, mainly by parties. But I'm not a kind of party person. Um, I like the idea of independent because you can, you know, to a degree, say what you like and say what you think. Um I don't know, say, mm. maybe, and to be honest, after each election, I go, well, maybe the next time. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm, because, you know, say I would have been in my 30s and now I'm 41 and I'm like going, God, if you wait till the next time, you'll be nearly 50. You know, so I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think at the moment going into politics, it's going to be, if if the likes of independents, let's say, were to get in, which I think there's a high possibility a lot of independents are going to get in. It would be some sort of coalition. But, oh, my God, the change that will be needed. And I think part of the problem is, and you were speaking about it earlier this morning, um, in relation to Georgia Maloney and that. Yes. There is a change when people get into politics that they kind of toe a line Um and it's more of a tunnel kind of route rather than... And does that worry you then? Well, it would worry me because, you know, we've been promised so much you're coming up to every election and then when it comes in, it never comes to fruition. Yes. Um, so I would have definite, you know, concerns there. I don't think I'd be one for turning, to be perfectly honest. I um, would consider myself a person of integrity. Um but it's very hard when everybody's, you know, telling mm. you you have to do this. And that was quite evident for us in the beef protests. And we were pushed and of pushed course, and pushed. Yeah. And to, but you know, do I gather from you that there's an awful lot of people out there who are not represented? Completely. Yeah. Say most of the population, I feel, aren't represented because the parties that are there at the moment all stand by the same thing. Like I would say uh, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin, the Greens they're basically kind of two sides of the one coin. Um, no, they would disagree. They would, but say, from that, looking yeah. from the outside in and, you know, they come together on a lot of issues that you're kind of there going, oh, like, look at the Vulture Fund vote, things like that, um, where you'd go, common sense should prevail here. Mm. Look at where we are. Um, and bringing in laws, you know, in relation to, like they have in Canada and Thailand and places like that where, yeah, you can buy property here. But you can't say if you sell the property, you can't take the money out of this country. You know, things like that. So that it will open doors for our young people who are saving so hard that end up having to emigrate because they're never going to be on any kind of, you know, have a house or a home. And I think we're kind of, you know, we're not looking at them. And like there's Simon Harris this morning offering 750,000 to bring builders back to Ireland. Like, 
when you look at 800,000 for Ukrainian pets coming in, it's a pretty small drop in the ocean. Plus, it's not acknowledging why they went away in the first place. Completely. And, like, to be honest, fair enough, like, I went away, I travelled, and there's all this notion of, oh, we were immigrants and this, Mm, that and the other. I don't buy into that. I never got any handouts anywhere I went. Granted, a lot of the reason I went was for a bit of fun and to see the world and to expand on my knowledge. I think travel is a great um, educator. Mm-hmm. But I do think a lot of these want to come home, these people. And what's their firm? They're not going to have anywhere to live. They, You know, there's they're foreigners in their own country, essentially, because... They're not. They're down the pecking order in relation of getting a house if they need to go on any list or anything like that. And I can't understand how, and I don't see it as being right wing, how to not look, you know, this thing of, oh, well, we can't look after our own, basically. We have to look after everybody coming in. But, like, we're Irish people. We live in Ireland. You know, we grew up here. Our parents have grown up here. We've all contributed to society. I really can't understand. And people will disagree with me and say, oh, they're not being treated better. But like, you know, Roderick O'Gorman translated it into seven languages. Come here. You will have your own front door key within four months. Like, why are we offering things that we cannot follow through in? I think at the time he said that, it was probably a very different situation. And we thought it was going to be a short term situation. But isn't it going to open the floodgates? You know, it was always going to, like, to be honest... We'd all move if it's you're going to get, you know, your own home front door key. Can I ask you about the business you're in? And particularly, let's take the last 10 years, farming. Um, What is the situation at the moment? Because as a non-farmer, even just dipping into the subject once a week, it it seems chaotic and farmers are very frustrated. They are and there's so much bureaucracy. And right across Europe now. Completely. And I suppose, look... Going back to 2019 when we held the protests and they went well, very well initially and being up in Ag House debating, like, and, you know, we were no, we were like, no, we're not taking this. Yeah, there was a few caveats of um, positiveness, but in general, the deal was poor. Um, And, you know, basically when I said, no, we're not accepting the deal, the Assistant Secretary General was there as I was speaking, totting away. And I was like, excuse me, Sinead. I said, have you got a problem? Oh, no, 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 I don't. And I kind of thought, how dare you? We're here. Like, nobody was getting paid. And not that it's about that. But I didn't even realise I was pregnant at the time. And, like, we're there for 36 hours. We're not allowed leave. Um, you know, you might be told you can head out for an hour to get something to eat or that. Like, it was... There was, say, mind games at play, definitely. But for me, where I was really disappointed, because there was many stakeholders around that table, and I thought I was in, quite impressed by the Hill uh, the hill farmers um, because they they came across as having integrity. But the rest of them, like, they were like, yeah, we'll take the deal. And I was kind of like, but you're, you know, what are we after standing on the picket lines for the last, say, six, seven weeks to just, you know, take the deal with really nothing to go home with? And I think farmers in Ireland were not great at standing together. Mm. Um, mm. And I would have had farmers coming into me when they'd have seen the Jeep going, come on, now you need to do this and you need to do that. And I'm like going, you think I have a lot more power than I actually do. You know, I can't, I don't but, have... But even the recent farmer protest here was seen as just an act of solidarity as opposed to a protest. But sure, that's what it was. Like to go and bring a number of tractors and put them on the flyovers of the motorway. 
Like, that's not going to do anything. Like, the boys in Athlone and women say there was women there as well because it's one of the things that goaded me slightly. There was a guy who was doing a lot of um, reporting from there and everything was the men this and the men that and the men the other, Uh, which I don't really care, but it's kind of like women have been working on the farm for a long, long time and keeping the show on the road too and it hasn't been celebrated. Um, But I think in Athlone, the farmers had a tougher stance, you know, and they gave Charlie McConnell a bit of grief and rightly so, you know, and he, sh- he if he'd come out to them in the first place and just showed a bit of common courtesy. But I think the main problem here is we're not standing together. Um, look at France, look at Germany. Bro- uh, and Belgium. the concessions that they got by, yeah. by standing together. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Alison, it was lovely to talk to you. Thank and you, Fran. Cope with an awful lot of different areas yeah. there for sure, but we wish you well for the future. And uh, uh, politics, maybe? Oh, Jeannie, maybe-ish. I don't know, Fran. Yeah. I'd be uh, very much on the fence there. <laughs> All right. Great to see you, Alison. Thank Thanks you, very Fran. much indeed. We'll take a break back in a moment. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter or email tiptoday at tipfm.ie.